Hi, I'm Dale Pollan, and welcome to this edition of the Cadence Podcast Series. This is Cadence Management Corporation's podcast. Hi, I'm Dale Pollan, and welcome to this edition of the Cadence Podcast Series. This is Cadence Management Corporation's podcast number 109 and is the third in a three-part series where we focus on keeping your projects moving forward. You can find the first and second podcasts in this series on the Cadence website or on iTunes with a search under Cadence Management. So let's jump into this. I have with me John Patton, the President and CEO of Cadence. Hi, John. Hello, Dale. Welcome. Thank you. John founded Cadence in 1983 and his career has touched on just about every aspect of project management. And in addition to running the company, he also provides project management training and consulting services to Cadence clients around the world. We keep you pretty busy, I guess, don't we? Yeah, we do, Dale. But, uh, you know, keeping contact with the customer is really pretty important to me. So um, even though my travel isn't as heavy as it used to be, I still can uh, travel long distances to uh, reach a global audience. And you've been doing plenty of that lately, too, as as I know. So, so John, as you know, when Cadence holds one of our project management seminars, um, attendees are always encouraged to fill out what we call a problem card. And those uh, give us some detail related to a current problem they run into in the course of managing their projects. And as we go through those problem cards, we try and pick out common themes, and those are what drive our podcast. And the problem theme we're looking at today is keeping your projects moving as they near completion, with the emphasis on as they near completion. So in this series, we try to pass on three key points of focus for project managers as some takeaways from this podcast. So, John, tell us what this issue of keeping momentum and and, um, keeping your projects moving forward as they near completion is all about, and maybe um, a few key areas you want to focus on today. Well, uh, thank you, Dale. I think one of the uh, best ways for me to approach this is to take one of these problem cards and read it to you, because we get it, uh, you know, we get it now and then. Uh, is fairly frequent. And uh, the one that we've uh, uh, pulled from the file today says, projects are taken to 80% completion, then the last 20% drags on for months. How does that sound to you as an experienced project manager? (laughs) Yeah, I've been there and done that. I know the the problem, although I don't know if I've ever seen a solution to it. Well, have you ever heard of the Pareto rule, Dale? Um, Well, vaguely. Maybe you can fill us in. Well, it sounds pretty much right on that 80% is the easiest to do and the final 20% is the hardest to do. Oh, the old 80-20 rule. Yeah. So here we've got a project manager whose uh, experience has been they they can get that 80% done fairly well and in good order, and then the 20% uh, drags on. So that's why we're calling it the eternal end. So it does follow the Pareto rule. This is a common um, a problem, and it's associated with scoping, uh, and uh, there are solutions to it. So that's what we'll provide uh, during and at the end of this. Okay, great. So, so let's start at the beginning then. What what causes this then, and, and as some of the or what are some of the key causes? If projects are going along smoothly, this particular problem pops up late in the in the sort of project life cycle. Um, what what are some of the things that bring that about and cause that? Well, um, let's, let's focus on initial scoping, scoping, and there are a couple of factors there. Um, first of all, teams tend to be in a rush to get through scoping and to do, you know, what, what people call getting to work. Right, there's so the, initial excitement too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. there's some initial excitement, and, uh, but you know, organizing the project is less romantic, less attractive than getting to work. 
Uh, so uh, they, they haven't spent the time. And, and what we see is a lot of these changes that come down towards the end, uh, they're not really changes. Those are missed scope items that should have been there from the beginning. Okay. And we also know that um, as, as we approach project authorization, there are things that we discuss with uh, the sponsors about is it in scope or is it not in scope, and we create expectations. Well, even though the, uh, the project manager and the team have defined their scope based on the resources that they're getting, there are many times when they haven't confirmed that scope with the sponsors. Okay. So as they get down towards the end, the sponsors start saying, where's this, where's that? Mm -hmm. And the team and the project manager are saying, well, it's out of scope, and the sponsors are saying, put it back into scope. Right, and then it causes the whole recycle of the, the project almost. Yes, yeah, it, well, it brings in change later in the project, and what extends the project is it you, you have quite a bit of rework. If you consider the project to be nearly done, then everything fits together nicely, and inserting something new causes some rework, and that rework extends. Okay, so it's, so in the beginning, it's making sure that you, you, you sort of throttle back the exuberance a little bit and focus on the real, true scope items. Well, we'll, we'll talk about getting confirmation from, from the uh, sponsors that this is the real scope. Okay. Now, another one is, how good is good hasn't been put together. So when we, when we talk about uh, scope, we're talking about deliverable, deliverables, measures, and exclusions. The measures are those numbers that tell us what working right is. Because we run down towards the end of the project, and the team and the project manager saying, you know, it's working, but the people who are going to use the project uh, result are saying, yes, it's working, but it's not working well enough. So there's okay. a negotiation, there are some arguments down towards the end of the project. Okay. Um, now let's, let's also recognize some, some truths about project management. The final problems are usually the most difficult to resolve, and those things extend the project as well. Uh, and then there's another factor that occurs, and it is that uh, if people are planned to depart a project on a certain date, and most of the uh, work is done, their managers will reassign them and put them on another project. Right. Okay. Now, these people are not available after the project ends. They're not available at the official, after the official end date of the project, and then there's an axiom about project management. Okay. And, and that is that you will experience 90% of the problems you will ever find on a project in the first 90 days of uh, operation. Now, 90% of the problems that you'll experience after the end of the project will come in the first 90 days of operation. And if you don't have the experts, the people that were working on that project team available, then you're going to have to declare an emergency, pull them off the projects that they're on. They won't have the greatest attitude when they're being pulled back. So, so go ahead. You're almost laying trap, traps for yourself unknowingly in the beginning. Well, we are. Yeah, we are. And, and there's some things that we can do about it. And that's pretty, you know, if, if I were to look at the primary causes for the eternal end, I, I'd put these five items in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So, so now that we know what kind of things cause that, um, your project manager's hat on and um, what can a good project manager do to 
and see see what's happening, recognize it as it's happening, and, and I guess in a way keep it from impacting their projects. Okay, well let's let's start right off uh, with uh, initial scope definition. And using a life cycle approach to project management, when the project is authorized, we have a pretty good idea of scope. And we're going to run the, the final scoping of the project in team meetings. The project team is there. A project manager is there. And we'll invite some key people who are going to be using the results of this project to that meeting as well. Even if those key people aren't going to be continuing on the team. Exactly. Exactly. We want to get their buy-in and sign-off. The final sign-off, of course, will come uh, from the uh, sponsors. And this will be the sign-off on the fine-tuned scope because the sponsors will have an expectation of scope uh, at the time the project is authorized. So this is the final of fine-tuning that we're going to ask them to sign off on. And the scope will consist of deliverables, measures, and exclusions. So that list of deliverables is pretty critical, and that's done in a group setting and is confirmed by the sponsors. Now also in that group setting, we're going to identify 12 to 15 key metrics. These are called measures. These are the most difficult uh, items to, to hit, the things we frequently miss, and the most complex. And what we want is a number that can measure, uh, uh, we call these performance measures, and, and we want them to be a number. Uh, for example, survives a three, uh, uh, let, let's say survives a one meter drop test okay. if we're creating a product, if it's software, sub-second response time. And these 12 to 15 items would be measures that we're going to take uh, down at the end of the project to make sure uh, that we're, uh, we're, we're hitting uh, the criteria for acceptance, which have been set during scope definition. The measures are part of scope. And now uh, you've sort of got a running, running assessment mm -hmm. to keep track of whether or not it is slowing down or getting off track. That's correct. That's correct. We can use those for testing during the project as well. Okay. And is that, sorry to interrupt you, no, that's is, fine. Is, is that extended team that you talked about um, in the beginning, um, are they brought in, in at that stage as well? Are yes, they, they are. Some of them are involved uh, with the testing during the course of the project, but they're not members of the project team uh, per se. Okay. They could even uh, be part of a test lab that's testing the, the quality of what we're, what we're creating. And remember those expectations that, uh, that, that sponsors sometimes have. Well, our um, uh, scope definition is going to include a category called exclusions. So those are the things that we've talked about which are not included on that list of deliverables as, as we finish our, our, um, our scope fine-tuning on the project. Okay. Now, now finally, at the end of the project, we're going to use this technique called scope verification. So we're going to go down each item of, of scope and uh, make sure that, uh, that uh, it is working and is working as defined. The total project result is working as defined. And for those items which are incomplete, we're going to put together a punch list. Mm -hmm. Now a punch list is that list of incomplete items and we will go over it immediately and determine which of those items need to be resolved before shutting down the project and which of those items um, are going to be resolved during the operating period which occurs after the, 
the project is over. Okay. Uh, now, a, a, a department could say, well, this is something we can address. The project team doesn't need to address it. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. Uh, so scope verification gives us a punch list. When those punch list items have gone to completion, then the project will close. And that's our agreement about the close. Now let's address this final thing that I talked about, which was um, the fact that you will get, you will find 90% of the problems you will ever find in the operation in the first 90 days uh, of that operation. You do have the option, Dale, of keeping the project open 30 days, 60 days, mm -hmm. or 90 days after the conversion point where it's in the operating environment and it's being used by people to run the operation. Now, whatever you decide, 30, 60, or 90 days, the project team is kept intact. They don't go on to other assignments. Okay. And since they are the experts, they've developed this thing, they can solve the problems faster. And that, is that laid out in the scope as well? It's laid, out, it's, it's laid out in the project plan deal. So we, we put a period at the end of the project plan. And, and we could give that a 30-day duration, and that's called um, uh, problem removal, bug removal, okay. uh, uh, down at the end. And, and again, it depends on what the company wants to do, 30, 60, or 90 days. And uh, when that period is up, of course, we know that we will also have been removing items from the punch list. Punch list is all done. We found most of the problems we're going to find. We do a readiness check for closure of the project. We close out the project, and then after that part, the operating units have the responsibility for resolving any problem that comes along. And okay. they, they have maintenance staff okay. uh, for doing that. Sure, okay. So um, to re reiterate uh, what I've said here in terms of solutions is um, make a focused, intensive effort to get uh, scope defined. Mm -hmm. um, important to get that done up front. Very important. Deliverables, measures, and exclusions. Get that confirmed with sponsors. And as you define your measures, get 12 to 15 key metrics and keep them in front of the team, invisible uh, and visible. Not invisible, and visible. Um, uh, throughout the project. Uh, make sure those uh, 12 to 15 are covered very well during testing. Uh, use the, the technique called scope verification and the creation of a punch list, and then determine whether this is the kind of project that is so important that you want to extend the end date after the solution is in the operating environment, 30, 60, or 90 days. And there's probably a, there's probably some standard for the type of project that you can decide, well, this is a 30-day project. This is an extension to 60 days. So there's some metrics that you can look at and say, this is, this is how, how long we're potentially going to extend it. Well, there, there aren't tables uh, in the, that are in existence, Dale. Uh, so I would, I would prefer uh, to use these parameters of size, risk, and complexity. Uh, and sometimes urgency. So the larger the project, the, the higher the volume of problems that we're going to have. The higher the risk, probably higher volume. And the same is true with complexity. Now sometimes, you know, uh, the reason I say sometimes urgency, uh, the approach to the urgency of the project is, is to have a minimum uh, or minimal scope. Uh, and um, if it's very high urgency, 
then we could get what's absolutely needed very quickly out in the operation and take these 30, 60, 90 days to do the fine-tuning and maybe a couple of additional scope items okay. so that you've got a really good solution for the operating okay. environment. Okay, great. So as I, as I read this, um, we'll wrap up here, the, um, the, the problem card one more time. Projects are taken to 80% completion and the last 20% drags on for months. Um, it sounds like this person, or their, in their experience, some of the projects they've worked on have not been handled properly up front. They haven't done a good job maybe of involving sponsors. Um, maybe just for this specific one, and uh, there hasn't been a clear path to completion that they're all they're all synchronized around or in alignment around. Uh, that that's correct, Dale. Uh, as as we look at um, our customers, the 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 thousands and tens of thousands that we've run into, uh, over and beyond anything else, the the weakness that occurs around the world really is in project planning. And that's why, you know, uh, inadequate scope is number two on my list of the eight biggest problems in sure. project management. And if, if, um, if uh, folks w would like to listen to that whole podcast, there was a series um, at the early part of the list on the eight biggest problems. Okay. Great. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate your time. Now, you can find this podcast on the Cadence website. It's under www.cmc.com. And you can also find it on iTunes with a search under Cadence Management, where you'll also find the other podcasts in this Project Management Skill Builder series, and you can subscribe to upcoming Cadence podcasts as well. So thanks again, John. We look forward to talking with you again soon. You bet.